0: This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Carl. And this is Synopsis Sundays. And today we actually have a guest for Synopsis Sundays, so at some point in the middle he's going to give us a synopsis of his last week. Um, first off, uh, last week we started off with 100 million PS4s sold, surpassing the Wii and the PS1, which is a pretty big deal. Um, yeah, it is. Only got twenty nine views, so <laughs> yeah, it, was it was okay. A big deal, though, because it was. actually
1: complemented the PS4. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and we, we followed that up with our Tuber Tuesday on Spawn Wave, which uh, got just under forty views. Uh, not too bad. Usually, Tuber Tuesday does the best of all of our videos every week. Um, on Wednesday, we covered the Nemesis system, one of Will's favorite gameplay mechanics. Yes. What do we cover on Throwback Thursday, Will? Donkey Kong. 64.
2: <laughs> the and best then, uh, one.
0: Then we wrapped up with Fandom Fridays, which is our worst performing video in like recent history. Uh, with, mm-hmm. We covered Pillars of the Earth, the book, the game, the movie. That's why.
1: That crushed it. My suggestion bumped up the
0: views. Yours crushed it. Annihilation, <laughs> huh? Yeah. I did Everyone saw Pillars it. of the Earth. You're like, nope. Not <laughs> looking at that. So, uh, anyways... <laughs> We didn't get a whole lot of comments, actually, on our recent videos, except for Donkey Kong 64. We got this really awesome comment from, uh, let's see, Joey Olmsted. Uh, it says, oh, I think you guys can't see this. I'm going to pull it up. Oops. There we go. So he says, Donkey Kong is better than Mario one heck of a stance, Chris. I was like, <laughs> this man's crazy, but I remember Donkey Kong Country 2 and 3. I mean, you have some footing, Thanks, Joey. I appreciate that. I uh, I definitely think I have a lot of footing with the amount of Donkey Kong Country success that we've had over the mm-hmm. years. But uh, I did comment back and I said I would gladly debate with you if you'd like to come on and debate with me about which <laughs> yeah. franchise I, is better. I think better.
1: what you said though was not necessarily that Donkey Kong is better than all Mario. It's just that Donkey Kong 64 is better than Mario 64, Super Mario 64,
0: and arguably Donkey Kong Country is better than all of the SNES Mario games. That's what I would say.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I would actually have to agree with you on that one. I never really thought of it, but yeah. And then Diddy Kong Racing better
0: than Mario?
1: Oh, I totally Kart. agree with that. I love Diddy Kong Racing. See,
0: see, I'm not, j- am <laughs> not joking. I think, yeah. I think Donkey Kong actually is a better game series than the Mario series.
3: Until, uh, I un- think Donkey Kong. Well, I think Sonic Riders is the best card game, so... Arguably,
0: <laughs> um, Sonic... Which... Sonic Riders? Which one's that one?
3: Yeah. <laughs> and the very weird PS2 type yeah. that nobody knows about. <laughs> Alright, I gotta look this up real quick. And then there's
1: Sonic Free Riders, which is the one for Kinect, right?
3: Yep. Is it oh, is on GameCube <laughs> so as well? Uh, it's, yeah, I think as well. And there's Sonic Riders 2 as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic Riders the movie. Was this like the
0: follow-up to Sonic R on the Saturn?
3: Yeah, I think it should be, but it oh, is, okay. uh, it's not treated as such. Right, but they, if you look at they
0: highlighted the R. I bet you yeah, that's have, what it is.
3: Yeah, they have surfboards. So. Okay,
0: <laughs> makes sense. All right, I'll have to try that. I'll give you an update on that later. Um, so that was our recap. Um, we also got called out on our Age of Empires 2 commentary from like five six mm-hmm. weeks ago i just want to state that i never said for a fact that relic entertainment was not working on age of empires i had just heard yes, a you rumor did. don't lie <laughs> i had just heard a rumor that they were no longer going to be working on it due to some drama between them and microsoft and it appears that Bad that news. is not correct they are working on age of empires 4 as shown on the age of empires 4 website so i apologize if i gave any misinformation on age of empires 4 did not intend to he willfully lie to the public <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said Carl do you want to talk about your last week give a little wrap up on it
3: yeah last week I had three videos um, one, the one I made about the EFAP crew was very successful actually um, 67 views good 4 likes 100% hey, 10 <laughs> comments <laughs> and I released to de- uh, yesterday uh, the Early Access Investigation 5 one in the Stellar Marines but the interview basically uh, because I couldn't get that in time with the normal video and yeah you can clearly see that the developers are still working on it but they are a little bit delusional because their goals are a little bit lofty and what one of the major things that happened in the interview was that they could still be in 10 years still developing the game and I don't mm-hmm. think early access is meant for that. It also drags the name of early access a little bit down, because people are not going to believe games are being finished if developers just said no, 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 we, we're we're going to continue forever without end in sight. And then uh, I ate some hand, hand, some um, some uh, how how did I oh forgot the humble uh, humble pie I, humble pie I <laughs> ate some humble pie uh, by doing some mistakes. Uh, basically, the EFAP is kind of a uh, kind of a stream uh or yeah stream uh where they look at creators videos and criticize them or take their (laughs) videos a little bit apart uh can be good it can be bad um it's always good criticism but they they make a lot of mistakes that's true and basically i cut down the video or the the stream it's 11 hours because (laughs) one criticism that always happens is just basically the the other side says oh it's too long not gonna watch (laughs) <laughs> and I cut it down. I censored it because also people have problems with their language, with their <laughs> strong language. So I censored it and cut it, cut it, and I sent it to the people. And the person that basically was uh, saying, oh, you said bad words, uh, then pointed out, here, you made a mi- did a mistake. And my, I was a little bit stubborn, uh, but uh, finally she could convince me that I did a mistake. I'm like, yep, I did a mistake. Uh, but I, you still should talk to each other but apparently they refuse to talk to each other so yeah (laughs) Uh, I'm not happy with the whole situation I like both creators I I think they can talk to each other that would be the best thing but Mm -hmm. they don't want to so that's also fine (laughs) I just think it's a little bit childish not to talk to each other
0: I would agree Uh, anytime that somebody has a disagreement with you it's better to talk it out um, provided that they can have um, professional discussion or not professional but uh, uh, courteous
3: courteous go. Yeah, that's yeah. the right word. Um, and even their strong language when they are talking to someone, they will try to um, to accommodate the guest. So yes, when they are talking to someone, they not they, they don't use the strong language. It's like they use the strong language for the people that are watching, like because they, you know, And then when the guest comes on, they are they are civil. That's basically <laughs> what my week. Uh, I actually upload only one video a week, but I made this seven minute video in about 10 to 11 hours in one go. I finished the cutting up, scripted it, made it, recorded it, uh, and published it, and that was it. <laughs> it was very well ha- hastily made. But I think it's, it still holds up. It's, uh, it's a good video, I think.
0: Good. Yeah, it looks like uh, your videos did better than at least this one, this uh, 3 in an hour and 20 minute video did better than we did with ours. Mm-mm. Yeah, about yeah. almost 200 views. That's that's
3: pretty good. It's not my content. I just want like, but the the, the person that did the stream, he said, like, you can cut it up. You can leave it up on your you know on your channel. It's fine. Either way,
0: it, it's 100 almost 200 views, and then you got almost 70 views on this one only two days ago, right? Yep. This this one's yours, right? Yep. Okay, that's fine. So- and then the Interstellar Marines. Everybody, go check this out. It sounds really interesting. A developer sitting in yep. early access for far longer than they probably should. Yeah So um, what are we covering this week, Will? Uh, Let's start with Monday
1: Yeah, we have a lot of awesome topics this this coming week So for Manic Mondays, we're first going to talk about uh, SingStar Mm
2: -hmm. that
1: the name of it? So we're we're starting off with SingStar and the death of that game But then we're going to branch into a wider topic of essentially the inevitable death
0: of all online games And what does that mean for the player? Right. And then for Two Tuesday, who are we covering? We are covering our good pal of the channel, Nerd Talk. And that would be uh, Dan, who is on the podcast, what, like, how many weeks two ago weeks, was that? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah, we're covering him. Uh, and then for Wild Card Wednesday, what are we covering on that one, Will?
1: Uh, we are covering, and actually, a really interesting topic that probably the person going most depth into it is our guest. Uh, which is going to be uh, video game menus and, you know, basically their function and how important they are and how overlooked of a feature they are.
0: Yes, and uh, I would have to say that uh, given the amount of indie games there are out there, the menu can be a make-or-break subject. I believe our (laughs) guest would agree with that. I know he covers it it in a lot of his indie videos. Um, So for our throwback thursday what are we going to be covering will i know you know all about this now i'm, I'm asking you the throwback thursday i covered did the wednesday one. fine right? fine fine we're covering <laughs> ocean horn and mm. will is really in depth with yeah, this game i now. am thoroughly enjoying this game i was a little <laughs> hesitant at first um but i like it a lot yeah so we're going to be covering a whole episode on it have you ever played that mm.
3: one carl yes i have i Ooh, think this I is going to be interesting played- the free version of it but I know there is like a paid version of it. Isn't okay. that wasn't that the case There's I think a free at ver-
0: one point in time they had a free demo and I think later on when they released the full game that went away I don't think there is a free demo anymore okay. Uh, okay. But, but there was at some point, and I, I believe that. so not 100% so don't quote me on it alright nobody <laughs> call me out on this podcast Fake <laughs> news you're always lying to everybody man. anyways but, and I, that one has no issue with the menu <laughs> And then on Friday, we're going to cover some uh, recommendations, uh, maybe a little bit of currently playing, and yep. uh, that'll wrap up the week. So, um, anything you want to add to that, Carl? What are you going to be covering this
3: week? Um, uh, I will be covering a, a game called Victoriana. It's a choose-your-own-adventure story oh, game.
0: cool. Repeat that. <laughs> Victory what?
3: Victoriana. Victor- oh,
0: Victoriana. Like that?
3: Yeah. Yep the choose your own adventure style game uh, I can look it up from the developer here it
0: is, Victoriana uh, the game, right?
3: yep, yeah, Victoriana steampunk text okay. adventure
0: oh Very wait, cool. this is a board game
3: no, no, it's not a board game uh, oh god, I'm on the wrong one,
2: <laughs> yeah, wrong one. Uh, uh,
3: Victoriana steampunk text adventure okay. by let me see by the person of Dr. Surreal Splatterboard Victory, Victoriana.
0: Victorian. Yeah. Is, is this it? No, that's not it. Oh, here we go. My there stress. it is. There it is. I found it finally. We're good. We're good. Yeah. I found it. Okay. It is uh,
3: Yep. Yeah. It All is right. a text. Choose your own adventure. Text adventure. Uh I have some harsh words here and there, but overall I enjoyed my read basically. That's <laughs> that's a short version of it, but I go in depth. I will go in depth in that. And maybe I will get the developer to, you know, uh talk about it. It's like five thousand words the whole story. It has a lot of word building and so on.
0: Excellent. Cool. So look forward to seeing that from our uh our pal of the podcast, Carl. Alright. Um And with that being said, uh, that's our Synopsis Sunday. Hope you guys check out last week's episodes, which will be in the description below, along with the episodes that Carl talked about, uh, and a link to his channel. So, um, as always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Carl. And we will see you Uh, next Crowcast. This is The Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Carl. And uh, Carl, do you want to give the viewers a quick little intro about yourself?
3: Yeah, I'm Carl. I'm an indie game reviewer and I have my own podcast called The Indie Intermission. I also cover a lot of early access titles, but more on uh, um, how, you, how they show themselves, their presentation, basically and I look at how risky or if the games are still being developed. Uh, Recently I have looked at Interstellar Marines, which is the oldest game in early access since the inception of early access. So it's basically uh, six years officially in development, but ten years in development overall. And if you go even back further, it's probably 15 years in development. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Cool. And we're happy to have you on, Carl. Yep. Um, what are we going to be... what's today? Today is... Manic Mondays Dude, you always you do me, it wrong Do you want me to say it the right <laughs> I want way? you to do it the Manic
2: Mondays <laughs> what, are we, uh,
0: what are we covering on Manic Mondays, Will? Today
1: we were talking about SingStar and it's shutting down And then a broader topic of basically games as a service And their eventual and inevitable death
0: That is correct So uh, they're going to be shutting down the SingStar servers on the 31st of January next year And uh, that's a big deal, because SingStar has been around a very long time. Uh, I remember the first time I ever played the SingStar games was on the PS2 sometime in the early 2000s. And uh, I I didn't play a lot of it, but I had friends that had the games, because that was the only reason they got a PS2. They liked the karaoke aspect of SingStar. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was always cool to see how far off your voice was from the notes. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm getting a little off-topic, because the the more important thing is, is if they shut down the servers... Um, there's a lot of content that goes away forever. And that, that's a big yep. deal. Because if you don't get it ahead of time... Um, I, I'm sure there's going to be people that are going to be buying songs now when they didn't want to. Because they're going to buy them slowly over time. Or maybe not at mm-hmm. all. I don't know. But now the hype is, this game is going away. So i got to buy the stuff now while it's still there. And mm-hmm. if you don't, it's gone. The servers are done. You just have whatever's offline already. And mm-hmm. I think that's the real danger with a game with online services being the main focus and uh well what what was your take on this yeah
1: i have the same take so you know this is a good you know representation of what's happening with basically all games now how most of the game is online and a lot of games don't even have like anything that you can download so it's just online gameplay so if that community dies the game that you bought for sixty dollars probably more now especially if it's an ea game it's probably 80 or 90 (laughs) dollars um you know it's gone forever so you've lost that game
3: yep so a little bit of context i used to play this game with my mom because that was the only game she would play (laughs) so uh, i have a a, a slight attachment to the game i haven't played it for years because i don't have consoles anymore um and i think syncstar at some point just stopped doing anything they stopped innovating they they did release a lot of new songs, but like they didn't do like career mode or uh, a talent or acquisition show or even a competitive mode, whatever. Like, they, they didn't do anything anymore. It was just like hobbling along. And I think today there are not free versions of that as well, like especially on a smartphone and so on, um, that it's, it doesn't have an audience anymore. So basically what they're doing is like, oh, this service, PlayStation, this uh, server costs us money. So we're just gonna shut it down. Problem is, uh, it's th- people still paid for it. So basically, they're saying, "You paid us money. Now we're gonna take that money and burn it up in front of you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't care. And they are and the legal. And and the the, the 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 weirdest thing is, it's the legal right because uh, as many people know, uh, you sign a contract basically when you mm-hmm. buy a game to mm-hmm. rent your game forever, and not mm-hmm. buy it. You don't buy games anymore. It's not like you get a cd and that cd has to work and there's this attitude in the at least in the AAA industry that you make a game uh it has to come out a certain day because there's a lot of marketing behind it i think mm. most most of the times half of the money that goes into a game is marketing so for example if a call of duty costs 300 million to make you can be assured that 150 million is only for marketing <laughs> so it has to come out the day that it's on the package uh, and then they say if it's broken, well, then we fix it later because people are gonna dumb enough, gonna be dumb enough to buy it anyways. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, the, the AAA <laughs> games
0: are going the way of indies. You know, release it, release it first, fix it later. Yep.
3: The, the thing is, the difference is indies are like one person, like one right. or two persons, and like okay, understand the resources are limited. The AAA games are like hundred people, one hundred teams, one hundred people teams, like this is like this is just yeah it's, it's like me it's like me building a car and saying yeah we're gonna uh, later on bring a mechanic to fix your car it's fine <laughs> 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 we're oh gonna... yeah it,
0: it'll, it'll get you from point A to point B it just might break down four times
1: yeah <laughs> exactly and and you have to pay for that repair
3: <laughs> exactly, exactly I have to pay for the repair and a year later they say you want to color your car you, you want color on your car well you have yeah. to buy that extra as well
2: mm-hmm.
0: well now you can't even do that because the service is shut down oh we don't yeah. sell colors anymore you're stuck with whatever color we gave mm-hmm. you yeah. <laughs> you can't even and buy ross- a TomTom now where you're yeah. just you're just stuck with the car in this current state forever <laughs>
3: yeah and so basically ross this guy ross uh, gaming dungeon he made the statement that basically all these games as service games are fraud because what you're selling is a product, not a mm-hmm. service. SyncStar is still a product; it can work without the server. Yes, you know. Mm-hmm. And you bought things, you bought products, you did didn't buy the service. And when you were going into this business, um, and this business, you didn't know that you were buying a service. Nobody told you outright. Oh, we're gonna someday we're gonna shut it down. It's written in some small little line somewhere in the agreement mm-hmm. and like this doesn't this does not hold up in front of court but the problem is nobody's gonna sue because try to sue sony it's like a <laughs> multi-million dollar company good luck boy good good luck good luck with <laughs> <them>. <laughs> an appointment that an attorney cost like three thousand bucks something like that it's like good luck trying to sue sony sony so yeah, yeah. Yep. it's like it's sad it's actually against the law but uh, as as long as nobody has enough money and can uh, go against it it's gonna be going to continue happening again 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 and again mm-hmm. need spot need for speed worlds i remember a game called need for speed worlds it was basically a need for speed mmo it got shut down just outright but even though you could play it offline as well so did you guys see the article <laughs> yeah.
0: where they talked about so I know this is like a little bit off-topic, but it's not really off-topic. EA, <laughs> I believe, right? Need for Speed owned by EA, right? Um, yep. They released Need for Speed Heat with no microtransactions. <sighs> and look at this. What? Look at this article, though. Need for Speed Heat has no microtransactions, and that might be a bad thing.
3: That's clickbait. No, 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 that's clickbait. Yeah. I don't, no, no, I don't no, 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 no,
0: no. I read it earlier, okay? I promise. I read this, all right? So basically what they stated was ea doesn't have any kind of confidence in this need for speed game and that's why there's no microtransaction in it but really how how successful has ea been trying to put all these microtransactions in games if anything Mm -hmm. this game might sell better without microtransactions Mm -hmm. even pay for the even pay for like like the base game will probably sell better without microtransactions Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, okay so
0: you might not make more money but it'll sell yeah yeah
3: so i always try to explain like this so investors uh, they take a look at the company and if the company is making money that's fine uh, and they will always they, they will ask after a quarter a year they will ask did you make more money than the last quarter and then you make more money right mm-hmm. uh, and then the next quarter they're gonna ask did you make more money than the last quarter mm-hmm. and they're gonna repeat that again and again and again when you reach the physical boundary of making money, there is no more money to make. It's impossible to make money. Uh, the investors are still going to ask, can you make more money? <laughs> right. <laughs> and let's, let's say you break the physical boundaries of making money. It's, you break physics and make more <laughs> money than the last quarter. Investors are come, go, going to come to you and ask, can you make more money than the last quarter? <laughs> right. And that's, no, that's, we'll that's true. And that's the, the thing. It, this article is not complete entirely false, it's of course clickbait, but it's basically, if you do not trust in a product, yeah, you're not going to uh, do it as a moneymaker, it's just going to just repay the, the, the thing. I think one of the big problems with EA and this big conglomerate of uh, industry is that they have too much um, too, just too much uh, frivolous spending, basically they just have a lot of management stuff and a lot of, not a lot of de- development stuff. And most of the mm-hmm. money goes into marketing, which is re- just idiotic. Indie games uh, do market themselves successfully by actually building community. And I think mm. this AAA game, AAA uh, industry could um, try to do that instead of hiring a, uh, a marketing company that does gigantic marketing with tv specials and super bowl special and all the like this is money thrown out of the window you're gonna yeah, reach it really me- is maybe one percent one percent you're gonna reach people the rest is just more money thrown out of the window but it has been proven in the past again and again and again and uh, people on the high level they are old uh, they don't care they are making right. millions of dollars and they're not gonna change anything. And it's like maybe in 10, 20 years when the old guard goes away and the new guard comes in, they might see it differently, but yeah.
0: So yeah, so I think this is kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, right? You've got SingStar, which has content for people to purchase and it's shutting Mm -hmm. down. And on this end of the spectrum, you've got a company that's failing to do well with microtransactions on several of their recent games where they, they did well right out the gate, don't get me wrong, like, what was it, um, Apex Legends did insanely well right in its first month, but then you come forward and you've got this well-built franchise, Need for Speed, and you're releasing mm-hmm. it without microtransactions and without any hope of ever having servers shut down because you don't have the content on the servers to shut down, mm-hmm. <laughs> and people are saying this is a bad thing because it's not a mainstream game but what if the game doesn't support the microtransactions in the first place like you can't just add a bajillion color schemes to a Mario Brothers game from the yeah. SNES era and yes expect you people, well you could but I don't know anybody that's going to buy <laughs> if, that if you're EA or Activision yes you can <laughs> that's why they don't own Mario <laughs> but no I'm just saying like this is like two opposite yeah. ends of the spectrum you've got this company this EA is massive Sony's massive one of them is shutting down servers. One of them is not even putting them
3: up. <laughs> at, it, and uh, at one of okay, he, he, I have a split mind on that. Right, as a as a businessman, as a ca- proper capitalist, I'm saying yeah, go for it. It's like a, a way to make money. Sure. sure micro tr- microtransactions are fine. Um, as a consumer, I'm like, why are you even buying this? But at the same time, right, those companies they hire psychologists to figure out how to get people to spend. It's not people like us that say we oppose market transactions we're not gonna buy it um <laughs> they are uh, looking at people that are already uh they they have a problem and yeah they, like gambling. They spend, the gambling people they're looking at that that's their their market they mm. make a lot of money with the, the people whales the whales basically and that's the the most disturbing thing about it i'm not against market transactions in itself but these games, they create problems and say, Do you want to solve the problem we created with your money? We have created this problem that you are experiencing right now. Do you want the solution that we created for your problem that you can pay oh with gosh. money? And that's and that's like everyone that defends microtransactions or say, Oh, microtransactions are not that bad. No, 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 no. You d- misunderstand. They're not bad in itself, but they are made bad because the intention is to suck out money from Mm -hmm. people that have a psychological problem. And that's the bad thing about it. Mm
0: -hmm. So imagine all these whales on SingStar right now. They're shutting down the servers. They're probably buying up every last bit of content on that server before it gets shut down. And if you look on the actual article I had earlier, it said that the PS4 users can re-download the content. But the PS3 mm-hmm. users have no chance. They have to download it now, and they'll never get another chance at it again. So
3: okay. mm.
0: hopefully uh, most of the people that are scooping up anything left are PS4 owners because otherwise you're left you're left without a paddle. You're not getting that content back. Yep. So um, is there anything you wanted to add to this conversation, Carl, at this point
3: in time? I mean, it's the, it's the same discussion over and over again. Uh, one of the things I want to add as the, as the last thing uh, Ross Gaming Dungeon actually mentioned this if he, if uh, a cause has to uh, if in a cause if you have to s- convince people to vote with their wallet uh, the cause is already lost because if you have to convince them then they are doing the wrong thing already <laughs> you shouldn't i shouldn't yeah. we shouldn't be talking about oh don't spend money on that it should be obvious to everyone don't spend money on those things yeah. don't do it <laughs> it's like just don't do it <laughs>
0: And there's a ton of single Star games that are already out, that are playable on older consoles. Exactly. There's no reason to spend money on this new game just because the servers are shutting down. Exactly. But it is, it is a preliminary look at what's going to happen with all these games as a service as they shut down over time. You're yeah. just going to lose out on anything that might have been there. And it's just bad for the consumer overall.
3: At this point, don't buy any online games. Yes. Like there, there are enough free-to-play games that you can play online. Uh, you will find one that that you like. like mm-hmm. At least this yes. point, don't play. Don't buy online games. It's, like, it's a waste of time. If you're going to play an
0: online game, like play one that's free like Fortnite. Yep. You know, don't yep. don't buy into something that's going to die in three weeks.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, basically.
0: <laughs> so, anyways, um, as always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Carl. And we will see you... ...on the next Crowcast. <laughs> i okay. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Kyle. And today for Tuber Tuesday, we're going to talk about Nerd Talk. Not the other Nerd Talks you see on YouTube. Specifically, the Nerd Talk that has the blue guy as his icon. Nerd the blue Talk Dan. Yeah, Dan. His name is Dan. But it uh, goes by Nerd Talk on YouTube. he has got um, videos uh, basically about some different fandoms, some different uh, pop culture. Mm-hmm. And currently, he has 33 subscribers um, on his YouTube channel, which has... Let's give him the 40. Yeah, that would be good. That'd be awesome. But <laughs> that's not what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> so he started his channel on August 19th of this year. Ooh, look at that. 499 views. We're going to get him to 500 by the end of this podcast, because I'm just clicking on his videos willy-nilly. <laughs> but uh, So basically, what he's made his whole... His whole channel about it is pop culture, video games, books, movies, those kinds of things, um, and he just gives an in-depth analysis on the content of them. So he did one on Arrested Development, which is like his brainchild. It's like the thing he's he's loved the most. He's hyped it up a lot on the the Discord con, uh, conversation I've had with him, and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's really well animated. It's, he did all these yeah, different avatars for it. Uh, you can tell it was a work of love. Um, but that's his <laughs> most recent. Uh, His most recent video he did, Uh, my favorite one that he did so far happened to be the two on Halo. I thought they were really well done. Mm -hmm. Um, They were. He presents his content uh, in a specific structure that he does on every single episode. So, why don't why don't we start with Will? Tell us what you like about Nerd Talk.
1: Uh, My favorite part is his, uh, you know, encouraging underage drinking. <laughs>
2: you
3: mean his lack thereof,
0: right? Yeah.
3: Wait, wait, yeah. wait. He does drink on camera. He did drink on camera. No, no, no. Look
0: at the look at the disclaimer. Okay, hold on. Let me get to it. I don't think it's on the first one. Look, ready? Not real alcohol. Please drink responsibly. <laughs>
1: that was of, I think that was because of a comment I made. Yeah,
0: we did. We
3: did. <laughs> we did. We did. Uh, I thought it was real alcohol. Like, oh, oh God, man. no. Please
2: stop. <laughs>
0: Although to play Halo 5, to be fair, no. <laughs> okay. so um, In all seriousness, I like his structure,
1: I like his animations, and the cuts that he does, and just the overall flow that he has to his videos. Obviously, I, I like the content because I'm a Halo fan, so I'm a little biased on the content end. Um, but I, I like like those little facial animations for his little avatar, and just how it's animated, I like it. It's enjoyable to both watch and to just listen to.
0: So Carl, you're the one coming in the most blind of the three yeah. of us. What, what did you uh, think of Dan's content when you
3: went and looked at it? So I'm a very nitpicky person, so I look at everything. <laughs> uh, there's a reason why I'm the menu guy. Um, <laughs> so please, can you please stop the video where you're showing? You can see uh, the character doesn't align at the bottom of the screen completely. There's like a small space Oh, between. you mean right here? Yeah, and it's on every video. And, like, it, it's driving me freaking nuts. So, there you go. Oh, man. I have to cut everything, sorry. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no it's, it's good, good. A, it's good, it's good. I'm it's a good. horrible guest. Um,
2: <laughs> uh, it's all good. I'll just,
0: I'll just uh, snip one. that one part out, and then
3: everybody will know what happened.
0: But nobody will hear yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, That That was the,
3: the, the, the only thing. Um, okay. In general, generally speaking, uh his whole channel with the banner there is no coherent um, uh, color scheme for example the blue of his face is not you can find it back in the in the banner um, and it is, this is like super, superficial stuff it's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter in the overall picture because the content is key but this is things that you can improve on and for example the discussion tab is I think basically empty and, and would you expect uh, there to be discussion tabs on I do not discussion, um, description tab.
0: Oh, okay. I was like, "What?" Yeah.
3: <laughs> Not discussion. Yeah, about that. So it's basically empty. Yeah, it, write something there because Google will take this as your as basically your all your keywords for your channel. You can also put hashtags in there. It doesn't matter you can for put us hashtags because in the description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh um, man. it doesn't. It doesn't matter for us because uh, Google. Uh, it doesn't matter how well we optimize our our videos. Uh, the algorithm doesn't trust us, or the systems behind this, this whole thing doesn't trust us, so they're not going to recommend this either way. Uh, uh, once you get monetized, then <laughs> they will look at you. Okay, but what I like uh, about the, this, his videos is his delivery and the topics he chooses. He chooses to talk about stuff that he's passionate about, and that's, I think, the most important thing. When you're passionate mm-hmm. about something, you're going to have better writing, or uh, want to try to and make it tighter, and so on. Um, and like I mentioned, the whole aesthetics. Uh, I would change the, the thumbnails a little bit. Uh, if you look at, for example, episode four, four and five of the nerd talk, uh, uh, I think those are the best ones. Those are I, the best ones. I think I
0: agree with you on that. Um, and
3: everything else is like it looks okay, but it could improve.
0: Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I think his Halo thumbnails are fine the way they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think those two are good. Um, his Game of Thrones one is lacking everything. It's just <laughs> yeah. it's just the title. I mean, and that's fine. If somebody's but looking for like Game of Thrones stuff, right? Yeah, like, this is yeah, like, it is. It's nitpicky.
3: Yeah. Uh, the content-wise, yeah. it's actually pretty tight. There's nothing much much to to actually criticize. It's like, yep, mm-hmm. that's your that, that you deliver your points, correct? uh in, in in order and correctly and it sounds great um and that's basically it oh, oh also another thing i noticed uh outro cards um definitely add that uh because you know sometimes people just uh, click on the next thing uh and make a playlist that would be also great uh, mm-hmm. for this is basically investing in the future right like having yeah. having having those things that when people come to your channel they don't miss something it's it's investment into the future but otherwise content wise it's great.
0: I have to say, the only video that I actually had any criticism on is probably this one. Um, He did this, a lot of these, like, jump cuts in this video, where he went from, like, the Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones to, like, a cartoon to, like, something else to, like, this to, like, that. And I was like, whoa. And then I don't feel like he did a good job explaining the change he made, but he did put, like, he slipped all the animations in. I think if he did this in the same style as he did the Halo 5 video, this could have been a lot better.
3: If that I, makes I, sense. I, yeah, I admire it because I know how much work goes into keyframing oh, yeah, stuff. One hundred percent. Otherwise I'm like, yeah, it's, 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 you know <laughs> <laughs> I have been keyframing stuff for a while, ever since I learned it, and every time I have to I'm like, Oh god, please stop. Make it stop stuff. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. because It's
0: time consuming. It's just time. Oh consuming. yeah, yeah. This this definitely took him a long time. I just think <laughs> he could have delivered his message better had he done it like he did Halo Five, where he took the whole argument as one mm-hmm. coherent thought yeah. and just talked it came. all out. I think that would have been. I think it would have been better. I really do, um, and I hope that uh, he doesn't take that the wrong way because it is a good video overall. But I like you, nerd
1: talk. They might hate you. <laughs> I'm don't so don't do that. Don't do that
3: well. <laughs> no, I do I do that with my I do myself all the time when I when it, uh, when I like I would advise also to for him for Nerd to talk to go back to his videos and try to and try to figure out oh what could I improve because you have to be your own biggest fan <laughs> and biggest critic at the same time. Just, mm-hmm. just look at,
0: just look at this comment, Will. Okay, this was awesome. Your best video yet. Watch it from start to finish in one sitting. Okay, don't see, tell me I don't like his that videos. That was a
1: backhanded comment. No, it was not.
0: why you think they're all terrible, so that doesn't mean anything. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh,
0: I don't see any Will the Thrill ninety two. Oh, there is one. I take it back. Great, uh, vi- you just said great Arrakesh. video. That's a, uh,
3: that's also Arakesh. I recognize him. Oh, this one. Um, uh, Amazing the, video,
0: man. That guy.
3: No no the the uh, under Ara Arakash, Arakash or whatever. The the with the colorful Yeah, icon. yeah, this one. Uh, he does a lot of uh first person shooter stuff, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Erish. This guy.
3: Yeah. Okay. He does a lot of first person shooter stuff. Uh I've been following for a while. Uh one of the things I always look for is like can you survive three months? Because most <laughs> new YouTubers uh stop at three months. Really? So yeah like this is like a like a cut off cut off day but for most youtubers they stop at 3 and they never upload anything again <laughs> hmm. so i always wait until they they get enough time and then uh i try to guide them a little bit because before that's like uh,
0: where did we where we start will march 29th 2019 it's, okay it's, it's been, been a while now it's been long yeah, longer than yeah, 3 so months
3: you survived three months. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, what do
0: you what do you think of this it's description?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's no hashtags. It's a horrible description, but we do have no, links everywhere. It,
3: it, it's big enough. It's it's fine. Like it describes oh, okay. What the Okay.
0: You should
1: just put the DK T. Oh my gosh, DK rap in there. Yeah. There you go.
0: DK. Don't <laughs> go. No. <laughs>
3: anyway. DK better. DK better than Mario. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes.
0: I will put that in the description. After this show is over, it's gonna say DK is better than Mario, just to, just to make the point clear. Right? you have
3: to make as many as mm-hmm. many controversial statements as possible. DK better than Mario. Halo Five is good. Oh uh, no, nope, I can't put that in. there. I don't agree with that. Sucks. <laughs> no,pe mm-hmm. <laughs> 343
0: is better than Bungie.
3: Exactly, exactly. And then you get all the the juicy, juicy controversial, controversial oh my gosh. tricks. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get, the like, hate the, like, clicks. The quartering will will cover us on his next video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. I. Uh, I, I, I... I'm happy that the quartering actually updated his finally, he, he, this finally how how his channel looks. One of the my major criticisms was like you are <laughs> doing this for a year, man. Can get a, at least a frigging uh, pack where it shows your your camera with a layer on top like oh god, no please stop. Hey, yeah, no, <laughs> uh, Culturing has been improving. I like it, uh, mm-hmm. but he's also very reactionary. So, yes, it's like pa- it's a partial love. It's like, yeah, sometimes it's okay and mm-hmm. sometimes it's just but no talk. You're good. You're fine. Good, good point.
2: <laughs> yes. I think
3: okay. one of the things I think is that um, if he continues that and if he can can continue this at least a month or yeah um, a video a month, um, mm. I will predict that it will slowly pick up. Uh, of yeah. course, oh sorry, he has a lot do a lot of marketing, and um, you know some may, maybe there's might be a point where he runs out of stuff he wants to talk about passionately uh, and there will be the decision point that'll be a break moment right yeah make a break mm-hmm. can i continue even though i don't have something that i'm very very passionate about because that is the 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 breaking point for most people
0: mm-hmm. that's actually something and, and not to take the focus off dan but uh, that's something that i look forward to with our podcast when we have guests because you find people like yourself or like uh, Dan or like DW Relive, people that are passionate about what they're doing, you know, et cetera, et cetera, with all the guests we've had. Because I'm not going to list every single person yeah. here right now. No, <laughs> you have but, to go with every single one right now. But in general, it, it brings a different, fresh take on things. And like we can discuss things like what we're going to be talking about tomorrow, like the mm-hmm. menus on video mm-hmm. games. And uh, I think that's going to keep this channel going for a long time, because we don't have to be passionate as long as the guest is. No? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's genius. genius. Yes. Anyway, um, I think the outlook for Nerd Talk going forward is very good. Um, ever since uh, we tag-teamed with him, he's gone up in subscribers by about double, so good luck for it's him. It's all us. <laughs> it is. It's all us. No. <laughs> he's probably going to pass our channel, too, just like DW did. Mm -hmm. but uh i think the outlook is positive and i think if he keeps making very good content and he keeps finding new fandoms to uh talk about he'll be all set for the future what about you will yeah
1: Yeah, i think every video he's improved i think he's still settling in into exactly how he wants to present his content um hopefully he'll realign his avatar so it actually lines up with the bottom now that (laughs) i've noticed it it's very annoying (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and uh yeah i think every video has gotten better i think he's the only way he has to go from here is up and i think he's going to you know do really well
3: yeah since we're talking already on a high level of criticism it's not like oh your content is not good no 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 we're (laughs) we're, we're not talking about we're not talking about base level look like we are on already on a skyline it's like this is what you can on top, it's like the 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 cherry on on the cake. It's like this is what you can improve. That's mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Uh, so yeah, content wise, he continues. Um, I think there will be a future for him. Uh, if in a year he's still doing this uh, monthly or weekly, um, then I think if we can talk again. And then we will have to talk about how to properly advertise his videos and how to properly <laughs> um, get people like in into the channel because that's probably will probably be one of the frustrations he will have in his first year.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I would agree. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, as always, I think the outlook for Nerd Talk is good. Um, And my name is Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Carl. And we will see you on the next Krillcast. Crillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Carl. And uh, Carl, do you want to tell people about yourself a little bit? I know you did in the last episode, but uh, it's good to keep yeah. talking about you every single episode. Yeah, yeah.
3: I'm, I'm great. <laughs> no, I, I'm, uh, I'm, Carl, I'm Carl Lucas. Uh, I'm an indie games reviewer. I review indie games uh, all the time uh, because I think they are very important uh, to the industry. Um, and I also have a a uh, show called Early Access Investigation, where I take a look at early access titles and how they present themselves and if they are at risk or not. Uh, mm-hmm. I do talking head videos sometimes, and I have podcasts of my own called Indie Intermission. Um, yeah, that's basically me. Uh, if any, and I also div- uh, uh, interview a lot of indie devs, and that's basically my unique selling point. Uh, I like to talk to them and ask about certain stuff, uh, what decision decisions they made, and so on. So that's that's basically me. That's what I do.
0: Yeah, and he's going to be reviewing our indie game coming out later this year. the uh, The silent kriller. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can, uh, if you make this yes. game out, review it. It's a it's a size kriller. It's a little
1: shrimp that jumps like. Ch- 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 eats and and he
0: and he, he uh, has the final boss is a whale, so. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I might roast it. I might, I might roast it. That huh? <laughs> anyway,
0: um, that's not the point of today's podcast. <laughs> Today we're going to be, be talking about something very near and dear to uh, to Carl here. Um, we're going to be talking about video game menus. You want to give us kind of a quick like I I don't know if you're prepared for this, but I hope you are. A quick little history of the menus on video games.
3: Yeah. So basically, games didn't need a menu back then because they never stopped. Right? Like they were. We usually mass produced to sit somewhere in arcades and you put a coin in there in them and then you played it and there there shouldn't be no pause menu because there is mm. no pausing in this thing it's just like munch a coin munch coin munch coin, <laughs> coin muncher that's what it, where the term <laughs> comes Pac-Man. from yeah it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, there is no stop there's no stop to it it's like just keep going keep going that, why stop it and mm. later on those arcade titles got ported to consoles uh or computers, and then you, you people suddenly realize, oh wait, um, maybe I want to go to the bathroom sometime, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> or do anything else. And play the game, so uh, then developers got the, this idea, this weird idea of, oh maybe we should do pause menus, and uh, with that, on a computer, uh, a lot of things developed. Like, it shouldn't only be a pause menu. Pause menu should also uh, provide the player with options, like uh, make. Uh, def- um, defining the size of the window they have because you know when you have a big screen maybe you want a smaller window and with that like <clears throat> slow, slow roller coaster gradual, tycoon 2 <laughs> yeah yeah like you can't resize like, that one <laughs> and that's, a, that's one of a uh, big problem and with time uh, those standard it became standards to have like uh a, a lounge a lounge application where you can define everything, your key bindings, your resolutions and window mode. Then in the game itself, you have an extra options menu, and in the pause menu itself, is a, again an options menu. Because it's basically, always the same system. You just have to add it to the to the whole thing, and that's basically small gradual changes led to what we are what we are right now. And since I look at menus and a lot of indie game menus, they sometimes forget to even put an exit button somewhere, so... <laughs> uh, that's not good. That's not
0: good. Yeah, when you gotta do Control Escape to exit a game, that means somebody didn't do their job. <laughs>
3: yes, yes. Uh, they, there's one dev that I know. Um, they, they're they called BMC. Uh, they did a game called uh, Accumulator. Uh, what is it <laughs> called? Accumulator. Kim- like Kim. Kim? Yeah, and then... Cumulator. Hmm. by Fight for your destiny yeah. on Steam? Exactly. Oh, jeez. Uh,
0: what is this? What so, is this? Yeah. Oh so, I covered, I,
3: I covered all of the games, right? Like, until, I think, the last two. Oh uh, I made, like, a big, co- big collection of the games. Oh, this and he refuses... To put an exit button because it says, "Oh, I never use an exit button." But like, it's not about how if you use it or oh, not. Oh, it's, it's an standard. advertisement. Oh, mm-hmm. great! Oh, great. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> uh, it, it's like it, it, those things are standards. You should, mm-hmm. uh, if you like it or not, uh, it should be in there. Like the typical thing is like window mode, resolutions. It doesn't matter if your game is sprite based or not. It should always um, make the the windows smaller or bigger, mm-hmm. and then. Individual sound options. That's the base, and that's the baseline. Like mm-hmm. if if there's voice acting, then for voice, music, and mm-hmm. effects, and that's the baseline for every menu. Um, if you if you do that, you you're golden. And then of course the exit button. That that's fine. And that that's all you, you need. Everything uh, beyond that is like extra stuff. It can make mm-hmm. your product better. Better. And menus in itself, like the pause menu, even the pause menu should look decent enough, because when a, a player is playing, um, even if you pause it, you, you're still looking at the game sometimes, and if it looks horrible, <laughs> uh, then you, you get like a, a little bit of a bitter taste in your mouth. It's like ah, this is this isn't good. And for for example, if you pause and the game continues playing in the background, background mm-hmm. that's that's a bug, for example. Like those things have to be fixed quickly <laughs> and be, before shipping. <laughs> um, uh, also, there's a lost art of Menu music um, in the past. <laughs> yes, in the well, past. Can can yeah, I just, just jump
0: in on this one? Yeah, please go. So, something that I noticed. All right, and I, I did not play Battletoads just to just to preface this. I did not play Battletoads when it first came out. Okay, but I have a friend of mine um, that I work with that he liked Battletoads when he was younger. So I bought him an NES cartridge for his thirtieth birthday of Battletoads. So we played it <laughs> and. That was when I first noticed this. And it, after I noticed this, I saw an Angry Video Game Nerd episode that kind of delved into this a little more. But when you hit the pause on Battletoads, you know, you're thinking, okay, I can go make a phone call, I can do something in the room. But no, you hit pause on Battletoads, like. Like, as loud as possible, and it's like, what the heck is going on here? Because I just, like, if I was going to make a phone call, it sounds like I'm in a nightclub from an eighth era or something. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Like, why would this be here? Like, this is supposed to be the silent time where I can go do something, but nope. Battletoads is here to troll ya on the pause menu. <laughs> uh,
3: but, yeah, I never But
0: it, but I, but I hear it's like... The start menu for Battletoads Toads is even more frustrating because when you go to play it, okay, you can't select one player or two player. Okay, <laughs> you have to wait until the ship is dropping your toad. Then the second player has to hit start right then, and that's the only way to get player two in. I think that <laughs> if you miss idea, that, it's like. Problem. It, it, it's it got to, well, yeah, it, it literally prevents you, if you don't know how to do that, if you don't have the original manual, you don't know that. It took us, like, three tries to figure it out.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I think that might be, like, a technical, uh, technical problem. Like, at that time, they couldn't do it. Maybe. Um, everyone that Maybe. doesn't do this today, like, the, the technology exists for choosing one or two players. Like, mm-hmm. every... U- they're like unity projects that probably have already covered it for free uh Mm. so every game that doesn't do this today i would consider the flaw oh yeah and the 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 thing people have to understand like the menu is like a small thing that people don't think about it but it's like your youtube banner or your profile Mm -hmm. picture it's like it's unconsequential people are still going to look at your videos but it's like it's a calling card like Nobody's gonna look at my my channel if I hadn't this cool looking art that, <laughs> that 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 it costs money like every time someone says oh this, you have a cool looking ever they like yeah thanks uh someone that actually made it like or the crew cast that looks like a like um what, what do you call it this call you call it thing uh, oh, shrimp a shrimp like oh this looks interesting you know and the menu is the same thing if the menu looks uninteresting uh people might already get a bad impression from it mm. and even though it's like oh menu is not so important no no no, it's important it's really yeah, important I, for you.
1: can i jump in real quick I can yeah tell you finally how uh, yeah i can tell you how frustrating <laughs> a bad menu is oh yeah. boy. Okay, right, so fable three
2: how it's all
1: like the interactive menu and there's no scrolling and you actually like walk up to things. Oh,
0: oh yeah, that's a bad
2: oh. choice. Whoever so did bad. this
3: didn't think about like how fast can you move? Like it's this so is li- slow. And and it's like when gimmick enters uh when you try to gimmick some make something gimmicky and mm-hmm. look make something look cool, but the solution is already there. There is no mm-hmm. way to innovate menus. You can only <laughs> implement menus, like yes. implement menus very well, but do not try to innovate them because they're already at a, at a stage where it's like. I gotta, I
0: gotta jump in here. Okay, look at this <laughs> forum post. It says, "Why would they make it so the button you press to access your menu is the same button you press to return to the sanctuary?" That's just baffling <laughs> game design. And then the next comment: "That's because the sanctuary is your menu." Toots. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> I had totally forgotten about that. Like, I liked Fable Three as a game, but I had totally forgotten about the Sanctuary element of the pause menu. Yeah. that is a bad design. I remember yeah. the first time I went to the
1: Sanctuary, I was like, "What is this crap?" <laughs> <laughs> and then you
0: got your DLC in there too. It's like you had to walk. Oh, to the, you had to walk oh, to get so DLC. Bad. It's <laughs> like, why would you ever want DLC mm-hmm. not right at somebody's fingertip?
2: Mm-mm.
0: Yeah, you want them to say, "Okay, it's one press away. I can have this." You don't want to have them <laughs> yep. walk around a circle in a sanctuary. Oh, look, there's some DLC. I'm just gonna mosey on over here. <laughs> yep. Yep. But wait, oh, speaking
1: of the Fable series, a good menu that I that was in the series was the Fable Two. Well, Fable Two is okay, but the Fable Anniversary one. How it's actually like the it looks like you're in a book. I thought that was oh, a really nice
0: touch. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about that.
3: Oh yeah, Bru- brutal, brutal! Uh, the, the the game with um, Jack Black that also had like a book aesthetics mm-hmm. to it, like not a uh, disc aesthetics, a vinyl plate.
0: Yeah, no, it looks yeah, good. I, yeah, it's been a while since I looked at it.
1: It was just a cool touch because when you start the game up, you actually it opens up. Yeah, it starts like that and opens up to the page that you're on. It's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, it, it, I, I was mentioning not innovating. That's what I mean. It's iterating. Like, mm-hmm. This is not innovation. It's, like, it, it's already been done, but now it's being gen- done just a little bit better. It looks a little bit cooler. The, the sanctuary thing, that's trying no. to innovate it, but even <laughs> though like, yeah. there's no way to innovate the menu, it's like this is the formula. Uh, use that, and then what, what you do with it, it, you can go wild with it. Mm-hmm. You know what? One of the
0: coolest menus I've ever seen in a video game? Look at this. Like, talk about style. Yeah, yeah it's
3: cool. Persona, yeah. Persona menus are very stylistic.
0: Yeah, they're done really well too because they're concise. Yeah. you know what you're getting when you click on one of the menu items, and yeah. and there's no fluff. There's no excess. There's no there's no. It's just exactly what it needs to be. Yeah. And it, give, and it gives you it in the style. I mean, the style is distracting, but it doesn't distract you from what's in the menu. It is distracting, but it's not. Like it's uh, it's, I, I, it's pretty and stylistic. Yeah.
3: yeah. And the, the 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 options are like at the front. You you yep. you you eyes my your sight might be weird left or right, but the options are always at the thing you're looking at. Like they are very, everything is pointing at the options.
0: Basically. Yes, stylistically, yeah. your eyes are drawn to the menu, which is what you exactly. want. And it, yep. it is literally a calling card in a game about calling cards. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> because uh, uh, they uh, yeah because they the calling card is how they attack their enemies.
3: <laughs> I mean, you should you should use the you uh, your menu should always be you should treat it as a, your, your calling card. That is your calling card. That that mm. is the first thing the player is going to see. Then you better b- better make it like the best thing you can make.
0: Totally agree. Um, is there anything that you wanted to add, Will, at the end of this? Is there any menus that were absolutely garbage that you want to talk about besides well, Fable Three?
1: I'm gonna pull Chris and say something that's sort of on topic, but not not really.
2: Okay. Um, so,
1: something that I noticed is uh, just gaming consoles in general. How their menus have changed. Oh my so god! How much, how much <laughs> yeah. game console menus have? Mm. They're like very much integral to the game itself now. How like all yes. your achievements pop up, like gamer pictures and things like that. Um, I was playing my original Xbox just a couple days ago, and I couldn't figure out how to get back to like the main menu to change <laughs> out the like the track. And I have to eject the game to do it. Yep. So I eject the game, and then I can go back and change this, like the, you know, the pre-downloaded track that I have. Whereas now, you just push a button and you go right to the menu. So it's mm-hmm. just funny how different it is now and how, again, how integral. The, a menu that's not even part of the game is now part of the game menu.
0: Well, the Nintendo Switch, uh, actually, in my opinion, has kind of a bad, poorly designed home screen. It's like a never ending scroll of games and apps you have based on what your most recent use was. So, if you have something like way in the back that you've not used in like, let's say, six months, and you yeah. have like hundreds of games, it's like, all right, time to scroll.
3: Well, <laughs> it's Nintendo, so what yeah, do you expect? But... They, 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 uh, it seems that, you, that they don't have a UI team, so mm-hmm. every UI decision they make is um, mm-hmm. void of any reference. Or maybe it is it is because they made a market test and the people that they tested liked it this way, which maybe. I, I don't believe that. I just think it's like <laughs> they don't have a UI team. They don't care about it. Mm-hmm. The other thing,
0: um, the PS4, uh, have you ever tried playing? Uh, you don't own a PS4, right, Carl?
3: No, no, no.
0: Okay, so the PS4, if you ever, and this is like a super nitpicky thing because most people aren't doing this, but for me, I have a lot of Blu-rays for my kids' movies and stuff, and the menu to control the Blu-ray player is so convoluted and messy that I get calls like probably once every two weeks where my wife's like, hey, I have no idea how I got here in the menu.
3: How do I get out?
0: It's like it should be simplistic enough that anybody picks up this controller can somehow get from point A to point B and run a Blu-ray. That is frustrating. They haven't changed it since the PS3. Probably the PS2 has something similar even. It's like you hit the options and then you can go into the full-blown controls menu. And then it's like this grid of like 32 options. (laughs) and I'm like, this is totally unnecessary, okay, give me something that takes me to the top menu of the DVD and then let me start the movie I should be able to skip previews if I choose to do so but nope, Sony's (laughs) making it as
3: complicated as possible can can I uh, I add something very off topic Uh, (laughs) why are there pre-rolls on my Blu-ray that I bought with my money and why can't I skip it like, right. I, yes. bought it, I didn't. If I ripped it, I wouldn't have that. But I right. bought this with my money, and you're forcing me to do something that otherwise I wouldn't have to do.
0: Mm-hmm. I Why? think the pre-rolls should be easily skip. You can have them, yes, but make them skippable.
3: No, mm-hmm. don't even put them there. It's like it should be an optional site content that I can choose to watch. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, but- like, if you're gonna
0: force us to have the pre-rolls, at least make them skippable. Exactly. At the very least. Yeah. Right. I, I can live with being able to skip them, but if I have to sit there and watch them, yeah, that's a problem. Or like I have an option. Gonna rip
3: your thing. you thing. You're going to rip the thing. <laughs> or, or have like a box. No. Now like after, after the
0: first time you you do a pre roll, right? I should be able to skip them every other time after that with some yes. option. Like it should remember oh, to skip them oh, every yeah. time. I don't mind seeing previews once. It's it's when I have to see them every time I boot up the original Cars movie, and my mm-hmm. kid has to wait five <laughs> minutes to watch Cars. That shouldn't be the case. It should just be like, yep. okay, we're watching cars. Boom, start the movie.
3: Yep. and when you it, it, then then it's like, oh, you're basically forcing me to rip the thing so they don't have a uh, pre roll. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no I mean, Like it's like it's a it's like oh, we're doing this against piracy. Like I already bought it. I'm I'm not the the target audience yeah, you're right, looking right, at. Right, right, <laughs> right.
0: Anyway, so uh, just to recap menus on video games are an integral part of the system you've developed They're your calling card for your game and they can easily allow the user to change things, pause or even access something that they want to change Um, and with that being said I think that indie devs and AAA developers, you're not out of the loop here, should focus on making good menus that allow Mm -hmm. the user to do exactly what they expect the user to be able to do including exit (laughs)
3: <laughs> yep, I agree. I agree.
0: 1000%. Yep. So, as always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Carl. And we will see you. on next Krillcast.
3: Carl. Toodles. <laughs> this time I forgot to say it.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs>
0: This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Carl. And this is Throwback Thursday. And uh, Mm -hmm. Carl, before we get into that topic, you want to tell everybody about yourself?
3: Yeah, I am a small indie game reviewer, basically. I have my own podcast called Into Intermission. I have a show called Early Access Investigation, where I look at uh, how early access titles present themselves and how... They, uh, if they are a viable option to invest in and if they are a risk or not and I do a lot of interviews with indie devs and ask them about their own game and what, why they did certain choices and so on so yeah that's what I have on the channel I also have a lot of uh, a few talking head videos where I just take one uh, topic apart and that's basically me yeah that's all
0: so go check out uh, Carl Lucas he's our current guest on the podcast uh, through tomorrow because um, today is Thursday, if you're watching this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, today, the Throwback Thursday topic is a game that I love and I've recently gotten will into. It's Oceanhorn, which mm-hmm. uh, it was released on November 14, 2013. So actually, this coming out on Thursday will be on the anniversary of the release of Oceanhorn. Did it right for once. It's it's
1: like you planned that or something. I first. know, it's crazy. <laughs> I
0: got, get the game to Will. Let Will play the game. Release the video on the anniversary. Exactly. Boom.
2: <laughs> <Interesting>.
0: <laughs> so, just to cover this game, it's one of the most popular Genius. indie iPhone games ever. Um, it comes from a very small company called Corn Fox & Bros, uh, produced by FDG Entertainment. Um, it's got over a million downloads, and that was in 2014, so within a year of the release it had a million downloads
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, it's actually got a sequel a follow up Oceanhorn 2 Knights of the Lost Realm which was released earlier this year it's exclusive to Apple Arcade I fully expect that to yeah. change over time um, And I this game, so. this game is basically available on any platform you can think of except the Wii U um, <laughs> <laughs> that's come out since 2012 essentially right you got it on the Vita it's on the Switch so two portable consoles, it's available on PS4, it's available on Xbox One, it's available on computers via Steam, it's available on iPhones, Androids, uh, and probably some other various operating systems that I'm not even thinking of right now. Excuse A brick? Me. Yeah, but and it's Nokia literally... Nokia
3: 720? Uh... <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> just
0: just the 1020. The Lumia okay. 1020. <laughs> <laughs> a
3: potato yeah probably
0: (laughs) Uh, orange (laughs) but as you can see by the styling in this video i've got playing next to us this is like essentially a zelda light style game Mm -hmm. um and i think they do an extremely good job capturing what a zelda game should be uh and it it, it even has voice acting which is kind of jarring at first but i i feel like it gave the game a lot of it's so
1: intense yeah, have these like colorful little characters, and suddenly like this deep voice is narrating it. So <laughs> <laughs> doesn't quite fit, but I love Ocean it. <laughs> Horn.
3: But compared one to the other, like compared Ocean One One to Ocean Horn Two, basically, it's um, totally different It games. is such a big jump from one to the other one. It's like wow, that's improvement. That's like that's mm-hmm. like me having a. A mic in my bedroom to me having a full size studio, basically <laughs> with, like with cameras and lights like and this is like a big improvement i i, I wonder why they've gone into this whole exclusivity thing because this could be something like, hey, people are getting bored of Breath of the wild. why not play oceanhorn too like I think that's know, why Apple, marketing...
0: Apple paid them a lot of money, I have to think
3: I mean, yeah, because this
0: game paid. i mean given how many how many downloads this game has, I mean it had a million in a year. I, I, with every console release it's sold more and more and more and more copies yeah, I have okay. to imagine yeah. they're sitting on a pretty good nest egg so for them to go Apple exclusivity when they didn't have to
3: they yeah. probably got
0: some good money for that um, yeah. I don't fault them for that at all especially if
3: no 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 don't don't get me wrong it's like I don't fault them it's like indie indie game devs has, have to do whatever indie game have, have to do to keep the lights on right. it's like this would be a perfect angle right now to say hey um, getting bored of Breath of the Wild, probably. Uh, want to try something, some 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 throwback stuff, you know, from, yeah. from the Zelda era. So yeah, <laughs> but Oceanhorn one is, is on
0: the Switch already. Um, oh okay. It, it's like going from uh, a link to the past straight to Breath of the Wild. Is is the, is the yeah. market improved? Yeah. <laughs>
3: Which is amazing. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder where they're going with this, right? Like, because this is clearly was a step. Oh yeah. Yes. Like, Major stuff. So, so, what? Where are they going with it? And VR, the, uh, yeah, I mean maybe. And this is like a, a, a small uh, foreshadowing. Uh, Risk of Rain did the similar stuff. They were mm. a 2D pixel game, and uh, later and now they are like a 3D roguelike, uh, or mm-hmm. still a roguelike, but a 3D game, right? Right now. So yeah.
0: This game is enough like Breath of the Wild, but enough different than Breath of the Wild that it has its own interest in it like you've got
3: yeah
0: the what i understand from reading of the game i haven't played it yet i intend to because i'll probably get apple arcade for a month or two and play through this <laughs> game but this game is essentially um if you took breath of the wild and added on two ai companions that you can swap between
2: mm-hmm. and
0: then also it has kind of like a, a little bit of a fable aspect to it i think it does it kind of looks like fable and oh, oak fail Specifically, yeah. so essentially, you're you're getting a full-blown Zelda game with some extra elements to it. Um, I, I would say it's more akin to like Twilight Princess or like uh, like a mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. Wind Waker, mm-hmm. basically because I think it's more linear than Breath of the Wild is. Um, you're not getting like a full-blown open-world game, to my knowledge, yeah, yeah. especially not from an indie developer like of this size. But it is a good game, and it's it's got so much going on for
3: it. The combat system looks um, something like similar to to Assassin's Creed, actually, where you have oh, to, like the wait, yeah, you have to wait out how the enemy behaves and like taunt him so he attacks you and he block and then attack back. So the combat system looks um, interesting at least.
0: You know what's kind of neat is watch this next part here. This is um, going to show you the enemy type that he just took. see that's the enemy type there in the original, right? That yeah. little that little that, thing. And mm-hmm. then you see it in here in like a full-blown 3D look and it's like Yeah, it's crazy. It's such a yeah. marked improvement from the mm-hmm. original. Now this is like a prequel to the story of Oceanhorn by the way. The um Oh, you know, he's basically Yeah, this is like so a, he's, like a thousand he's years prior father. or something. No, no, no. Like oh, okay. like a, he's like an ascendant of this guy. That's what I remember reading somewhere. Now, hopefully, nobody jumps on here and says you're wrong, because <laughs> I can't I can't refute it right now. But I'll look at it later. But I mean, this is so oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, it looks yeah. amazing.
1: Actually, how different yeah. it is from the first one?
0: And the first so, one's go good over, to begin
1: with. Yeah, if you go back to the first one, I do one thing that I find frustrating about it is that you can't jump off those ledges. <laughs> See? Oh, wait a minute. Maybe it's just mine. What are you doing wrong? It doesn't jump, jump on off. the
3: ledges. You can't yeah, jump you up can't,
0: the ledges. No, yeah. you can't do that. Or this, you can't jump off
1: like into the water right there. Like, no, you can't like do, you do that.
0: I don't believe you can. Anyway, um, maybe you should look up will uh, <laughs>
2: <mantle> <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. No.
3: No. Comment I'm, down I'm below clear. if he's wrong. wrong <laughs> yeah. Comment down, like, tell, yeah. him, tell him that he's completely wrong. If he's, if Make sure if you that tell him in right. every
0: language you can possibly think of. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That Consulated way we get more views. Because you got the Spanish, the Brazilian. Not the Brazilian. Mm. Well, Peruvian. Peruvian. That's not a language. No.
3: Portuguese. <laughs> Japan. Portuguese, Portuguese yeah, exactly. Japanese.
0: Yeah, D- Portuguese. Exactly. DW Relive, comment in Japanese. <laughs> but, anyways. <laughs> um Let's see. Uh, let's see. So he's going through the dungeons. The dungeons are not—they're they're not that hard compared to like a, a full-blown Zelda game. But Zelda games aren't that hard either if you once you get the hang of them. Um, and the puzzles are are interesting enough that they kept my attention throughout the whole game. There was a couple parts I even got frustrated on, which means that they did a good job building. and It wasn't frustration because of the game mechanics. It was frustration because I couldn't solve the puzzle as quickly as I expected to. <laughs>
1: there was one part that i got frustrated one of these caves where you had to go around to pick up or go around this rock to get to a chest Mm -hmm. and where you couldn't see when you're going around the rock there's a little hole that you could fall into (laughs) and i kept falling into it i was like what is going on like what is is happening (laughs) i feel like they did
0: this on purpose do you will
1: (laughs) (laughs) and you just had to like sneak like push the cursor out a little bit further you can't see the hole though so i don't know how you're <laughs> supposed to know those there yeah
3: that's a that's a basic problem with um with um phone games right like where you put your finger and you cover something up the screen so that might be like a inexperience from the developers that they didn't know okay you're using your fingers so maybe not use it right there that cover
0: up the screen. (laughs) But for a first game, this was extremely uh, uh, well done. I mean, I I couldn't believe... It looks like if you were to mix A Link to the Past with Ocean... uh, Not Oceanhorn. This is Oceanhorn. With uh, (laughs) with Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. Like, if you put the aesthetics of The Wind Waker onto Link to the Past and make it isometric-styled, then boom, this is Oceanhorn. And it's not a long game, per se, but there's enough content here that kept me entertained actually i own this game physically by the way oh okay there's a there's a um limited run games put this out in physical form on the vita the ps4 and the switch Mm. in partnership with fdg entertainment
3: oh man i wish i wish physical copies would come back just can buy my games
0: i love physical (laughs) copies um but no, this I played this on my Vita, and it, it is one of the best looking Vita games on the Vita. Because <laughs> it it looks great. And I'm so happy the, they took the time to put it on the Vita.
3: The only new release they got in ten years. <laughs> 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 that hurt that cuts deep. That cuts deep. Yeah. I bought it's I bought a
0: lot. Console, isn't
3: it? it's, the it's, problem is, <laughs> the problem is it's not far from the truth it's like yeah they've just forgot about this this technology that is actually you, pretty good you say
0: that but there's been a lot of it's so funny everybody has his opinion of the Vita and no, Will and not, I are going to have is, to do Will and yeah, I are going to have to do they, a throwback Thursday on the Vita at some point because yeah. there are so many games that came out well after yeah. the Vita was I pronounced know, yeah. dead and I bought
1: a
3: lot <laughs> yeah. of I know that. like it it, what, it's, it's a touchy subject for Chris now, the, 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 the thing is is like it just stopped marketing it's like it's just like yeah we're not gonna like the sony lost its uh interest in the whole thing Yeah, you know what's crazy
1: i had no idea there's little touch pads on the back of it (laughs) i had no idea
0: (laughs) 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 anyways not to get off subject ocean (laughs) horn is one of probably one of my favorite games um that's come out from an indie developer ever I, i think it's probably up there with uh what was the other one i was thinking of um why don't you guys jump in here i'm gonna think for a second
3: (laughs) Uh, i mean that is what we're talking about yeah Yeah. i I was i was looking at the 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 footage and it's like the second game right oh yeah yeah, and the second game is like it it flashes everything out like Mm -hmm. the environment it doesn't look like an indie game yeah the environment looks better because now you have like this this v- the visual cues of 3d Im- environment right and mm-hmm. if you compare ocean one one and two it's like oh they basically ported ocean one uh, one uh, into a 3d environment and it looks like the same world which oftentimes when indie developers do their second run it looks completely different because they rehaul mm-hmm. everything yeah but this was like oh if people played the first one they going even though it's 3d they're gonna feel at home with this one yeah just like zelda yeah.
0: right when zelda made the yep. transition from 2d to 3d same thing it yep. still felt like zelda all the color schemes made sense the world looked realistic well, not realistic mm-hmm. but it looked like it could be a legitimate translation from 2d to 3d and that's what you have here um i do recommend that anybody who enjoys zelda who enjoys these type of games go give ocean horn a shot it's cheap it's available on basically everything And the developer, the company that made this, is not very big, so um, every bit of support helps them to produce games like Oceanhorn 2 and Oceanhorn 1, which arguably are both great games. Um, And hopefully, Oceanhorn 2 will come to everything just like Oceanhorn 1 did. (laughs) Yes. After the timed exclusivity with Apple. (laughs) (laughs) Because I can't imagine they got more than a year out of the timed exclusivity, which... To be honest, uh, it's probably going to take them at least a year to develop for the other systems because it took them a long yeah, time yeah. to release it on everything like they did. But it was well worth it. They made all their money back,
3: I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I and, mean, they, they, they probably got money from Apple to be as an exclusive. So they basically... They already made their earnings back, basically. So oh, yeah. And now everything they earn on top of that is like probably... From what I know um from the Steam side, right? And when you have a producer or a publisher, they take thirty percent almost always flat. Like thirty mm-hmm. percent from the earnings go to them. Uh when you put it on Steam, it's thirty percent publisher plus thirty percent steam, so you're left with forty percent. And if it's on Apple Arcade probably they took just thirty percent instead of sixty. <laughs> so they will probably make money on this one. And it looks like people are buying it, and enjoying it so the, I think the only hurdle is it's on Apple Arcade <laughs> I, think it's, I think like
0: I said I think at some point this is going to be a timed exclusivity deal yeah, and, and they will be so. releasing it somewhere else because right now yeah. they, they developed for Apple first that's how they did the first one they released it on Apple, uh, the iPhone first and then mm-hmm. after that they released they did it on Apple TV it's on the Apple TV even the first one So, <laughs> and I'm imagining that this is probably on the Apple TV as well Um, depending on which Apple TV you have. Probably not the Apple TV 2 that's been dead for a while. But uh, (laughs) overall, uh, this exclusivity deal will probably allow them to produce and develop for other consoles in the meantime. Mm -hmm. And by the time the exclusivity is out, they'll probably be pretty close to releasing it on other consoles. So I really look forward to that, and I hope that's the case. Yeah, me too. Because I would hate to have to play this on a phone, personally. (laughs) 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 Yeah. uh, Yeah anyways uh, anything to add you guys I'm good
3: and one last thing I I do like to (laughs) no no quick last thing I like to to you know talk talk bad about publishers and so on on, because I think they they they're just there to make to provide money for developers but they do provide the service basically they are responsible for the marketing side of the things they give you enough stability so that you can continue developing your games so every time I mention no publisher bad it's like yeah publishers are bad but like at the same time they actually provide stability for the developer to create something like Oceanhorn and even Oceanhorn 2 like without the publisher there would be probably no Oceanhorn 2 so yeah mm-hmm. that's probably
0: true <laughs> I mean even yeah. with everything they did with Oceanhorn 1 without the correct marketing strategy I never would have seen it mm-hmm. Yep. and uh you know with that being said uh controversial statement ea saved bioware <laughs> look it up <laughs> and now they're killing them <laughs> yep. oh, but, yeah. go out and buy uh, Oceanhorn. i love this game i love the, the development of it it's fantastic um i'd love to see them make more games so help them out mm-hmm. this is not a paid advertisement i need to state that <laughs> now this but is not a paid advertisement
1: wink wink <laughs>
0: one, two, Come on one, the please. podcast, Corn Fox and yep. Bros. I'd love to talk yeah. to you. <laughs> As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Carl. And we will see you on the next
1: Crowcast.
3: Bye bye. Um- <laughs>
0: This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Carl. And uh, we're still showing Oceanhorn because I messed up and didn't remember to change it. <laughs>
3: um, this still, is... uh, go go buy, uh, go buy Oceanhorn. Yeah, Play go buy Oceanhorn. By Oceanhorn. Yes. We're going to advertise yeah.
0: them multiple times this week. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is uh, Fandom Fridays, and uh, we mm-hmm. have our special guest, Carl, for the last time this week. Do you want to give us a quick little recap of who you are?
3: Oh yeah, I, I am an indie game reviewer basically, I review indie games a lot um, and I interview the, dev, the devs when I get the chance to I have a show called Early Access Investigation where I look at early access titles and uh, how they present themselves and um, you know, see if it's a risk or not I also have talking head videos where I just take one topic apart and talk about that. And I have a podcast on my own called The Indie Intermission where we talk about everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. That's basically me.
0: Alrighty. Yeah, we'll go check out Carl if you haven't yet by the end of this week. Then uh, give him a couple more subscribers. Get him to that great triple digit number he's looking for.
3: The sweet, <laughs> sweet double zero.
0: Yeah, but make sure if you go sub to him, it's not just out of sheer uh liking our channel do it because you like his content because dead subs don't yeah. help anybody yeah uh, yeah
3: like it yeah if you just have a look around maybe you watch one or two videos maybe not the longest ones yeah. <laughs> like after you uh, after you've watched a few things then you can watch the other stuff but like if you have a uh, an hour to kill and you just or if you're like ironing something ironing your clothes just put it on the podcast and listen have a listen to it there you go that's basically what you should do But Mm -hmm. seriously,
0: go check out Carl. He's got some good stuff. Yes. Um, With that being said, Will, what do you want to recommend to the viewers for Fandom Friday? Alright, so this one's kind of a little bit
1: out there. um, But I'm (laughs) recommending a book on Norse mythology. Uh, It's by Neil Gaiman, I believe you pronounced his name. Uh, It's really cool, so if you've ever dived into Norse mythology, it's kind of complicated. It's a lot of different stories uh, for the same phenomenon, and it it's really scattered, and like every age is a little bit different. And he does a really good job of condensing it in this book and trying to make it more of like a coherent story. So you, you try to read it like a, an actual book. Um, it's pretty good. It's very different than the Marvel story of Thor. <laughs> <laughs> I can't <laughs> <Yeah>. imagine why. <laughs> well, you know the the um, uh, Fenrir, that giant wolf in Thor Ragnarok, is actually Loki's kid what yeah what he has he, he does a little diddly with a giant and for some reason he has a wolf baby okay <laughs> uh, okay <then>. yeah <laughs> okay
0: you might have to explain this off camera a different day for me will <laughs>
2: i'm so confused yeah
0: and there's the uh art <laughs> so author by the way here's the Who's uh, the author right here he's got yeah. some scraggly hair that's what i would expect from
1: interesting this guy actually does a forward for the new ray bradbury books um, really? For the Fahrenheit 451. So hmm. if you get the newest copy, he has a forward in it.
3: Huh. All right. Completely
1: off topic. Anyway, this is really good. If you want to have uh, an easy way of getting into Norse mythology or learn a little bit more about Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Goodness gracious. Chris Hemsworth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can read this book. That's great.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, Carl, do you want to go next or should I?
3: Uh, you can go first.
0: Um, I'm going to recommend a board game. We're going to go a little off off uh, video games for once.
3: Old school, yeah. yeah we're going to talk about
0: uh, the Trogdor board game. I'm not sure how hard it is to attain nowadays because <laughs> there's a crazy fandom that bought it, but uh, I'm part of the fandom that bought it. And the game itself, <laughs> it's, a, it's a cooperative game. So if you like games where you get to play together with your friends to achieve a single goal, this is the game for you. It's actually, even with this ludicrous art style and just crazy theme that it's got going on, it has a lot of complex gameplay, a really well-designed gameplay, um, which allows you to take turns working together. So, like, one person will control Trogdor for their turn, and then the enemies will move, and then the next person will control Trogdor, and the enemies will move. So you kind of have to work together to use each other's turns to each other's advantage, and the overall theme fits the gameplay, and the overall cards are just beautifully done, um, if you can get a chance to upgrade to the plastic figurines, they're really nice. I, I did a did an unboxing of this on our ambient unboxing channel. I don't mm-hmm. recommend you spending the two thousand dollars to get this insane <laughs> wood board, but you know some people do, so that's fine. You can get that if you want. Um, but yeah, this, this is a high quality game uh, made around a theme of a show that I watched when I was younger. So nostalgia plays a big part of this, mm-hmm. but. High quality game, high quality pieces, great artwork, great theme, just all around great board game. Um, I have no qualms with this whatsoever. Wow! O- other I than other than I paid too much for it, <laughs> <laughs> uh... but go support these guys. I mean, they did so much work on on early Flash video. Um, they did a lot of, it was all free the website was entirely free and they just yeah, decided to give back to the community by making this board game, something that I really loved um, and I think they deserve every cent that they made, it's a great game and they did a lot of good content for me when I was younger, so I appreciate it what are you uh, What are you here to talk about today
3: Carl? Ooh, um, there's this game called Risk with Rain 2 Uh <laughs> It sold probably over a half a million copies uh, already. It's an indie game developed by three people called Hapu. Yeah, they're, they're called Hapu. Uh, they have been uh, distributed by Gearbox, yeah. Uh, but the, the developers are Hapu. Uh, this trailer, I don't like this one, and you probably can see a, a comment from myself saying this is the worst representation of, <laughs> of The game Uh-oh. you will ever see Let's See if we can uh, find probably, it, it. it can, You can probably can't find it's buried somewhere, but we'll it's find just the it. worst repre- Yeah, this is the worst representation of the game you can ever bring because it does not represent how what the game is actually about So it's basically a rogue-lite uh, game um, Where you land somewhere on a planet And you have a stage, and you have to go through the stage, activate a portal, defeat the the boss, and during all of this, you have to uh, get uh, resources basically. Um, Mm -hmm. And resources are items, and items provide you with power. At the end, it can get very crazy where you're like one-shotting everything because you're so strong and you're jumping all over the place (laughs) and you're running like a maniac. And that's basically the, you know, the the main gameplay loop Mm. it's not finished though uh they are planning to finish it, i think next year around the same time uh i think a story time a story time a story campaign is coming uh there are several features that they have they will bring two different uh survivors which are characters uh into the game and they have uh also skill they will uh, make a a skill you can uh, at some point will be able to choose between skills for the survivors so they have a lot at the end of the when when it's finished developed uh, it's probably going to be a game between 100 and 200 hours that you can fill easily Easily. (laughs) and it's uh, uh, co-op gameplay where you can play with people Um, so yeah
0: is this like a better representation of the gameplay
3: This is a better representation of the gameplay, yeah.
0: So I know that, what, was the original Risk of Rain a side-scroller?
3: Yeah, the original Risk of Rain was a 2D, uh, also roguelite game, but, uh, and it had all the the characters as well, but it had a better fleshed-out story, but it was the same thing. Oh, you
0: know what? Limited Run released this in physical form, I think.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very, it's, I'm, I'm, working on actually reviewing the whole thing the problem is uh i want to get i want risk of rain two to finish first oh, and okay. then i want to uh, do a okay. uh, double trouble and uh, review <laughs> both of them mm-hmm.
0: are you the type that likes to get every achievement before you review a game
3: online i every achi- every game reviewed on my channel has been 100 percent completed there's <laughs> wow. not a single game that has not been 100% completed.
0: I uh I guess I got a little ways to go before I review Persona 4 Golden Will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like like three trophies away. I got three left I think on that game. It's it's going to take me a little while. In fact, I even let my brother-in-law borrow it for a little bit, so it's going to be even longer before <laughs> I finish it now. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean those JRPGs that the one of the main reasons why I just refuse to play them uh Especially like uh, I don't want to sink 120 hours of my life in this game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, so uh, you you really like this Risk of Rain 2, though, huh?
3: Risk of Rain 2 is very good. I have already 170 hours in wow. this game. Wow, so, yeah. <laughs> 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 that's a lot. <laughs> it get, yeah, it does not get boring. At least for me, like uh, you, you will at least get 20 hours out of it. Like at least, I can promise you that. Anybody
0: that anybody that would be playing it like picking it up today would get at least a good 20 hours of enjoyment out of it yep at least as long as you're into roguelites right
3: um i would say everyone that likes 3rd and shooters oh really okay yeah uh the the rogue the roguelite element is very very light it's very rogue light light it's like <laughs> uh it's like coke coke zero and then <laughs> uh, no it's like coke light and there's coke zero that's basically Coke Zero of the Roguelites. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a metaphor I've never heard before.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay, well, as a, as a reminder, go check out Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. Gaiman, how do you pronounce that? Go mm-hmm. check out the Trogdoor board game if you can find a way to get a copy. And uh, check out Risk of Rain 2. Um, indie dev, good, uh, good darling of the indie devs. Um, as always, I'm Chris and I'm Will I'm Carl and I uh, just want to say thank you for being on the podcast this week Carl yeah thank you no <laughs>
2: uh,
0: thanks for having me on <laughs> yeah I just had a brain fart there I don't know what I was going to say <laughs> but uh, as always we'll see you on next Krillcast go
1: welcome, check out welcome. Carl
0: Lucas
3: <laughs> <laughs> Uh bye bye